Radio Drone. We have uh, some other people here, but unfortunately, or fortunately, not Brad. He's gone at that guy with the glasses' third anniversary thingy that they're doing that I'm not going to talk too much about because I probably know more about it than I'm supposed to at this point. We have with us Jared Folly Foils. Oh, I was going to say, don't don't call me Follies. No, I was just kind of playing off the fact that I called you that once by mistake. Oh, right. So, Jared Foils of the Video Game Report. And we have Dane Forgoni from the Mental Cast. Hey, 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 hey. All right, you it's, watch it's, it, Nightheart. All right, it's Forgione, but he hates being called Forgoni. Forgoni. <laughs> It's Follies and Forgoni. Exactly. I, I can That's be like a bad comedy team. Well, hello there, Mr. Follies. <laughs> hello, Mr. Forgoni. Say, who was that woman I saw you with last night? <laughs> what woman? And I can be Josh Hadley instead of Josh Hadley. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do the giveaway before I end up forgetting about it. It's from our friends at Alternative Cinema, Retro Seduction Cinema, double feature of, oh, good God, 2069 A Sex Odyssey. And run, Virgin, run. A new car! Yay! Yeah. We're going to give that away. Um, so, run, Virgin, run is the Justin Bieber story, if I understand it correctly. You know, I actually really, I, I, I hate that Rachel Black chick, but she had a great comment. Someone called her the female Justin Bieber, and her response was, but isn't Justin Bieber the female Justin Bieber? <laughs> I have to admit that was pretty witty. I gotta give her. I gotta I give her that. I don't hate her as much as I did before. Yeah, I, I gotta give her a little bit of credit for that one, unless she didn't write it. But to give this away, first person to email twelve oh one beyond at gmail dot com after this airs. All you listener early people, and the, the the question will be: What part does Brad play in that guy with the glasses third anniversary? You might not know this at this point, but this will give us a nice lead time by the time that airs. So, I'm sure Josh knows. I do, but I am not speaking of it because I have been sworn to secrecy, and I, I don't want them coming after me. You know what? I don't <laughs> even know. Doug will Or no, you. wait. Well, don't say it, Jared. I'm not, but I, <laughs> but I just realized, oh, no, wait. Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. I want to be surprised, so don't, don't tell me off the air, please. Oh, yeah. By the way, Dane... Uh, I got you into Stargate Universe. Do you want me to tell you how season two is going to end? No. So, Josh, I, I I will kill you if you if you say anything. A bunch of people die. Destiny blows up, and Rush becomes a god, makes it back to Earth, and then it turns out that he was actually Charlie Sheen the whole time. Oh, just as I suspected. So, I I want to talk to Jared a little bit. Jared had something really cool happen. The video game report came out. Yes, the game report. Or the game report. Sorry. Yes. And you yeah, have to, right, and you have to say it as report because that's the way you write it. Right, right, and and it's actually a play on the uh, word report. the The problem though is in the first episode, I really didn't say it the right way, and you know, I I just did I just didn't think about it. I was just like wanting to get it out and get it done with. Uh, but the second episode, which I just posted, is I I do say it like the report. What kind of a feedback did you get on the first episode? Uh, a lot of people just said that I, I looked nervous, um, which which was tr- uh, kind of true. I, w- I was a bit nervous, um, but uh, shame- shamefully, well, shamelessly, I think, I, I was actually, uh, at the last part of it, I, I had a big paragraph of, uh, of lines to remember. 
So what I did was I had my girlfriend hold the piece of paper o- over the camera, <laughs> and I just read off the, the I I don't know why you're so nervous, because every time you're in Brad's videos, you always have a good presence on camera. Yeah, you're very natural in the Brad and Jared stuff, so I don't know why the report would make you so nervous. Um, I think because this is the first time I'm flying solo. And you know, it's, so it's like it's it, it's different because I've got that comfort of uh, working off of Brad, and you know, it's it's and I'm I'm not even trying to be serious. You know, it, my character on Brad and Jared is just a very exaggerated version of my uh, real self. So, are you saying you don't go around your apartment uh, singing the steak song? Well, <laughs> four Actually, times that's the steak. Four times the steak. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, the funny thing about uh, Anime St. Louis was we had uh, a, a guy, uh, a fan there, dressed like Tommy Wiseau, mind you. I mean, leather jacket, long black hair. Please tell me he didn't come up to you with a stick of butter. <laughs> oh, hi, oh, hi, Mark. Hi. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, yeah. But um, but after the panel, uh, he was in line uh, for the autographs, and I and I walked past the line uh, uh, to go somewhere, and and just out of nowhere, he yells out four times the speak. <laughs> so I answer him back, and we just have a good laugh about that. Uh, You're very I, weird. I was talking, I was talking about this on the mental cast, the Cannibal Holocaust video. My favorite part was, I forgot what joke it was, but you you go, oh, I for one. I for oh. one offended by that statement. It was oh, the it was the Fox News dig. Yeah, it was the Fox News dig. Yeah, yeah. I take it you're a big I, repub. I for I for one am offended by that random political comment. Hey, look, titties. Oh, look, titties. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we can say titties on this show. We just did. So, <laughs> but I but I may have beeped them. I'm not sure. <laughs> so we there. Can't say, we can't say the f word or the a word or the s word. Or the G word. What's the G word? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> it's so bad you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> it's so bad I can't even tell you off air. <laughs> it stands for Gaddafi. There, um, I said it. <laughs> didn't he used to be Qaddafi with a K? Or, or maybe uh, I'm just I, too old in that. I, think, I don't know. I think he used to be Qaddafi. But what kind of, uh, how many views has the report gotten? Do you know yet? Well, um, Or episode one, shot- I mean. It, it shot up to 700 uh, right after Brad posted it on on the Cinema Snob with one of the uh, three radio drums that he that he posted up just before leaving for Chicago. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, once that link uh, arrived, it, it just skyrocketed and and it peaked out at, at about seven uh, seven hundred count today. Whenever I uploaded uh, episode two. You gonna get your own website, or just gonna leech off Brad like I do? Oh, oh, I've already, uh, I've already registered foilwrapproductions.com. Um, I'm working on the website right now. <laughs> I have experience in coding HTML by hand, but it's been, geez, five, six years since I've done that, maybe even seven. So I'm really etchy, and now that they're up to HTML five. Uh, I'm, I'm just a little out of touch, so I think what I'm going to end up doing is doing it the uh, cheapy way and just like you know some kind of editor, website editor. Because see, I, I threw together a quick and sloppy one called uh, 1201beyond.blogspot.com, 
It's just mm-hmm. a quick and sloppy thing where I'm putting up all the the old midnights, the Lost in the Statics. I'm going to be putting up the Dromes, my appearances on Mental Cast and Erase Rewind and all that stuff. Are and then gonna, I'll speaking of which, are you going to put up the 150th episode where you and Brad were on? You mean where Brad and I kicked everybody's ass? Yes. Eventually, yes. I'm, I'm trying to go chronological right now, so I got to catch up on the Statics, Midnights, and Dromes before I get to that. I'm trying to be chronological in this. Ah. Uh, to all you viewers out there, I learned something about Brad on the 150th episode. He gets insanely, uh, he just likes to be correct. He really beat himself up when he screwed up one of those. No, not even that. Oh, well, I'm correct, so give me the points, god dang you. But you have to remember, he was right, Dane. You were wrong. Well, Deal with it. You did see, not research. You did not research your answer. That's not Brad's fault. Well, first of all, Jim Neidhart, you... Usually when a question is disputed, throw it out. That's number one. Number two, my answer was also correct because it was, I researched it and that answer also came up. So we were both correct. Brad was more correct. Okay, okay. I I just want to interject this. What the hell are you guys talking about? On the 150th episode of The Mental Cast, Brad Uh and I were in a trivia competition with the hosts Taylor and Michael, and Dane was the judge. Well, Dane did not fully research one of the questions he asked Brad. Brad gave him the correct answer, but Dane didn't know it was correct until he went and looked. So Brad was right. Dane was wrong. Ah. And Dane's been having a hard time with this all week, I believe. I've lost many sleepless nights. I've gotten up. Why, Brad? Why must you torture me? He's tearing me apart, Joshua. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this. No, actually, Josh, this was before you've uh, added me on Facebook. A couple months back, I, I uh, discovered a striking woman by the name of Lisa Foils. And uh, I I got into her uh, videos with the top five. Those were those were really fun. So I, I added her to my uh, my Facebook and... Still, I'm still kind of following her every time she ha- uh, she posts up a video. That would be great. But uh, so I decided to have some fun with it. One day, I I posted up a uh, a status that said to the escapist, um, me and Lisa Foils, and I even linked Lisa Foils in in, in the status. Um, I go, me and Lisa Foils are not related, and sh- and they're like, oh really? I d- I had no idea. La la la. This is a surprise to me. And uh, and and she even. Uh, um, commented on it like she goes she goes why do you deny this uncle jared come on <laughs> see i've actually had a couple of fans since i started using my real last name on some of these there's a guy named josh hadley who's a special effects artist he's a model builder for movies like the matrix and that i've had oh, more wow. i've had more than one person confuse me with him and it's like I'd like to say I worked on movies like that, but <laughs> my my career's never gotten past Boom Operator is the highest I've been on a movie. If you, if you look at Josh, if you look at Josh's picture here, big bearded self, Iron Maiden shirt, leading on a TV, looking all menacing, he does look like a special effects operator. He does kind of, yeah. I can I can see that. Or Screw some, you guys. Some kind of tech guy. Some Screw kind of you guys. <laughs> um, I say it not- in the nicest possible way. Okay, Forgoni. I'm actually not completely done with the story. Oh, anyway, sorry. Af- after I posted up uh, the game report, a fan suggested that I uh, have Lisa make a cameo appearance. 
and and do more of that you know are they or aren't they uh, related uh, rhetoric and uh, then another fan just chimes in with you are tearing me apart Lisa <laughs> so I thought actually that wouldn't be a bad idea to just kind of ha- have her make a cameo and then like you know throw that throw that joke in there somewhere well are you going to do it or are you going to at least approach her about it uh, yeah, yeah, eventually. Um, I think uh, I, I think that's somewhere, um, maybe an episode or two down the road, but yeah. Okay, well, what do you got coming up for the third episode of Report, or haven't you thought that far through yet? Yeah, I haven't. A, a lot of, the problem with this show is that it, it's really dependent on the submissions that I get. You know, it, it's, it's really like, I, I've got to get submissions from fans, or I gotta go digging around YouTube, um, somewhere, something where I can get uh, some some footage. Well, Forgoni, I recently, like I was saying before, got you into Stargate Universe. What do you think of that so far? It is incredible. And see, every episode has been like I, I just want to rush to watch the next episode afterwards. I can't, <laughs> rush. I can't get away from it. <laughs> you want to rush? Yeah. For those that don't know, Rush is the name of one of the main characters. Never mind, it's a bad joke. Played, but, by, oh, Robert, played okay. by Robert Carlyle, by the way. See, the thing is, as we're taping this, there's still four episodes of Stargate Universe left. Now, See, I wasn't sure if you were either, um, if you were talking about Rush Limbaugh or Rush the Band. No, or... the, the main one of the main characters, like you could almost call him a bad guy, but not really, is is named Rush. Or Mega Man's dog, or <laughs> Jared. In the final episode, they start singing "Fly by Night." It gets nice, <laughs> nice. I am the biggest Rush fan, honestly. The, the thing about Stargate Universe that's going to piss me off is they. The producers have already said that they end the season on a monster cliffhanger, and there's four episodes left. Then the Sci-Fi Channel canceled them, so there will be no resolution to said monster cliffhanger. And I am really pissed off about that. They better get at least a TV movie to wrap this thing up. Ah, uh, hopefully. I hate when they do that crap. If I, mean, I had to, if I had to pick my favorite episode of season one right now, it would be uh, Light, where they have to hold the lottery to see who takes the escape pods. And then it turns out that nobody had to. Yeah. Yeah, th- that was a good one. But I uh, see. I can't tell you too much because you haven't seen season two yet. So I can't tell you too much without ruining a lot of stuff and you hunting me down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, then just, then just keep it to yourself. All right. I do want to have a little rant. Now, I don't know. I honestly, I think both you guys are going to come in on my side, but I don't know this. What happened to cell phones? Do you remember when a cell phone used to be about calling people? Have you seen a modern cell phone commercial? It's all about what it can do, and they never even mention that you can actually make phone calls on this thing anymore. You know, you, you you can you can text and you can r- go on the internet and you can watch movies and you can do this at this speed and then it'll give you a hand job under the table and all this and oh yeah, it makes phone calls too. The hand job thing—that's the South American models. Ah, <laughs> except the South American models have a little bit of extra plastic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was a bad joke right there. It's uh, it's just the changing technologies. We're all we're rapidly going into. The age where you know, I mean, in back in the '80s, cell phones used to be bigger than uh, stools. They used to be like they used to be the brick. Remember the brick? The the way I always look at it, have you ever seen any of those old giant monster movies from the '50s? Whenever they would call in the airstrike, it was like one of those big things. 
Yeah, yeah. That they would that they would call the airstrike to to shoot the giant ants apart in them or something. <laughs> that used to be a cell phone. My my dad had a cell phone in the 1980s, and it was it, it was this big like it, it literally looked like an office phone. It, it looked like an office phone that sat in his in his truck, and it sat on the seat. So here was a pickup truck that could sit, you know, that could uh, seat three or four people, depending on how fat or thin they are. And, and, and this cell phone was in the middle of it, taking up one of those seats. <laughs> I say in about 20, 30 years, cell phones will be the size of a, a breadcrumb, and you can do everything on the planet on it. It's going to be, um, have any of you guys ever read the, uh, the Ender novels? Ender's Game, Speaker for the Dead, any of those? Uh, I, I read them when I was growing up. I haven't read them in a long time. Do you remember that little jewel he had in his ear that basically was like what you just said? We're all we're all going to have the little ear jewels from the Ender novels at some point. Uh, that should be interesting. But I just there's a local uh, cel- cellular company that they go th- they have the commercial where they go through all the stuff it can do and then the commercial fades out and quick fades back up and she goes oh yeah and can make phone calls too and then fades <laughs> back out and i thought that was kind of a nice little dig at at the current you know, um, style Apple started doing that uh shortly after the uh iPhone came out you know they they would they would show all these apps and everything and they did that all of a sudden you uh, the phone would ring and they'd be like oh and you can make phone calls too and you know, you'd see the iPhone it's, logo. It's more of an afterthought than an actual yeah. feature. Well, yeah. because this app thing is getting out of hand. I read an okay. article. I read an article just two days ago about how people, because ebooks have now outsold paper books for the first time, mm. and people are getting irritated that, like, when they meet Stephen King, how does he sign your ebook? Now they've come out with a new app where where they do the thing where, like, where you sign at the pharmacy. And it just transfers the signature to the ebook, and I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, I'm serious. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my that life. That is stupid. And I'm just yeah, ex- oh, that's ex- that's what I was thinking. I'm just going, are you kidding me? <laughs> shake, yeah, shake his hand. Hey, Stephen, good to meet you. I'm a big fan. Okay, I'm gonna get your autograph now. Beep. <laughs> Can you sign my iPad? Will you be, pay- will you be paying with credit or debit, Stephen? <laughs> Yeah, it just it, it actually anchored me. I mean, anyone who listens to Lost in Aesthetic knows I'm kind of a Luddite. I don't necessarily hate new technology, but I hate how quickly people get immersed in new technologies. And that is just, it irritated me so much when I read that. And the fact that ebooks have now outsold paper books, that is kind of an irritating trend as well. I don't know how you guys feel on that, but... Well, I don't know. Um... Me being a tree hugging uh, environmentalist type, uh, I'm you know I'm glad that uh, the world is is going paperless, um, but I I do see the issues with going paperless, such as you know um, meeting Stephen King and uh, trying to uh, trying to figure out huh how does he sign my Kindle or you know or my iPod or my iPad with you know all these iBooks on them. But there's also the problem with forcing people to go paperless. I read an article, at this point it's probably a couple of months old, and I know it was in California, but I don't remember the town. Some small town said it costs too much money to keep going to the bank and having people count all the money, so they, ha- they forced the entire town to go paperless. 
No, no paper currency will be accepted in this town anymore. It's all online. It's all digital now. And the U.S. government sued them, basically saying, you can't do that. You see that little thing on the dollar that says, for all debts, private and public? Yeah. You can't not accept paper money if people well, want to pay that way. And, and that's the thing, though. People, you know, that's taking it too far. Right, you know, especially because they forced all the people living in that town to go paperless. It wasn't well, a choice. Well, that and the fact that, like, like you said, you know, you you can't just take it so take the paperless thing so far that you won't even accept paper money. So that's just that's just an example of them just going ape with it. Well, are either you guys big comic book fans? Yes. Yeah, kind of. Did you ever read the What If, What If Conan were transported to the 20th century? Yeah. He he accidentally somehow, I don't remember how, he gets knocked into modern day, which is like 1982, New York. He ends up robbing a guy, keeps all the change, and throws all the paper money away. They're, you know, they didn't use paper money. Everything was done for the, the ore. So it's just kind of funny that, like, you know, Conan, yeah, paper money. Well, you know, that doesn't mean anything. The coin <laughs> that has heft in my hand. If only Andy Richter was there to... Show him the error of his ways. <laughs> Wrong Conan. <laughs> that was the jaw. Conan, not Conan. The big difference. You know, you know what what uh, Regis Philbin calls Conan. <laughs> Does he get irritated? I, I'm not a big oh, Conan yeah. fan, so I don't watch a lot of his stuff. Oh, oh this was this was way back uh, before he uh, left NBC. Oh, okay. Uh, while he was still on NBC. Because I think the only time I ever watched his show willingly was when Hunter S. Thompson was on, because that's always going to be a good time. Oh, yes. And, and he totally lost control of that interview. Hunter was in control of that interview the entire time. All eight minutes, Hunter was clearly in control of what was going on there. You know, it just, technology seems to be overtaking us. Just like, I talked about this a little bit on Lost in the Static, and, and even last week on Radiodrome, where I have people that w will not put a VHS tape in. You know, I I would have people complaining, oh, I haven't seen this movie in years. Oh, it's not on DVD. And I'd go, oh, I have it on VHS. They'd be like, VHS? I won't watch anything on VHS. I only watch DVDs. And it's, it's, it's almost a technological snobbery in a way. Yeah. yeah. I only listen to A-Tracks. You know what I hate about um, cell phone companies, honestly, right now, is the, is the competition the competition is getting so ridiculous that it it's almost like it, it's almost like political rhetoric, you know. They're like, you know, Verizon uh, offers this while while AT&T rapes babies. Are you oh, only yeah. are you only 3G? Well, we're 4G. Yeah. To 4G. me, that doesn't mean a thing. My cell phone, literally, it can make and receive phone calls. I can send and receive texts, which I never do, and I can take grainy photos. That's the extent of what my cell phone can do. It's literally a phone. Yeah. Josh hasn't updated his cell phone since 1997, roughly. No, it's, it's, it's actually a really nice, relatively new phone. I think I've had it for like three years now. So at most, it's three years out of date. And, and here's the thing that's funny. I don't know if you heard this yet or not, but AT&T bought T-Mobile. Okay? Uh -huh. And yes, in a... And and uh, the sale final uh, is finalized next year. I don't know why, but T-Mobile still has those ridiculous Macintosh-style commercials 
where they compare themselves to AT&T. It's, and it's like, isn't this moot? Isn't this point all moot, you know, because in a year from now, it's it's just going to be AT&T? Well, I, the ones that bother me the most, and possibly because they're, they're the ones I see the most, are the ones with that Princess Diaries-looking chick against the white background complaining about uh, the, the 4G versus 3G stuff. Yeah, yeah. They... Okay, Flo from the insurance commercials is the only person I've seen on TV recently that has a more punchable face than her. <laughs> punchable? Oh, yes. dude. 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 Like, I love Flo. I Flo hate Flo. Flo, to awesome. me, whenever I see her, I just want to punch a woman. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be misogynistic about that. But she makes uh, physical abuse of a woman okay. <laughs> what? How? How? Because she is so annoying and so stupid. No, it, I find her delightful. I really do. She's she's fun. She's energetic, and you know, and the, the uh, commercial where they're 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 putting up the discount sign, but as far as they've got is disco, and a guy comes rolling in on the skate uh, roller skates. Ooh, it's getting funky in here, you know. And he he rolls away and. She leans into the other guy and says, I'd tell him the sign's not finished, but it would just break his funky little heart. See, I, I remember the Tron one, and, and they were dancing to the Daft Punk stuff. That's all Tron Legacy is, is a giant Daft Punk music video for two hours and 20 minutes. Anyway. <laughs> so th- that one was kind of appropriate in a stupid way. But I just, the insurance commercials to me are almost as bad as the cell phone commercials. We are farmers. Dum I mean, I like J.K. Schilling. J.K. Schillinger. Schillinger's the character. J.K. Simmons played Vern Schillinger on Oz. I just confused the actor and the character for a second. I love J.K. Simmons, but even he can't save those commercials. Although the one with Meatloaf was a little bit funny. <laughs> that's Meatloaf. And that's Meatloaf. And that's oh. still Meatloaf. And I, I just wish I could play the clip from The Celebrity Apprentice that Brad Westmar always plays of Meatloaf just losing it to Gary Busey. Oh, was, yeah, I saw that. I am the last person in the world that you want to with. Oh, I know. I want to see Gary Busey and <laughs> Meatloaf in a cage match. Yeah. Oh, did you hear, speaking of Gary Busey, he is now backing Donald Trump on this whole, like, presidential birther uh, insanity thing yeah oh and here's the thing that I don't understand why is this a good idea you're getting support from the guy who is a poster child for helmet laws he's over here say you know back in the 1970s he's all like no more uh you know, we're not going to have helmet laws, blah, 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 blah. And then a few months later, hey, he, Gary Busey's in an accident. And, he ba- uh, he almost becomes a living RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How am I doing today, Gary Busey? You're doing great. Good. Then I'll keep it up. Well, well see, to me, I want Trump to run. To get political for a second, if Trump gets the Republican nomination, it's guaranteed whoever the Democrats run wins. But to me, Michelle Bachman... Sarah Palin and Donald Trump. If any of them run, they guarantee the Democrats take the White House again. If, if Sarah Palin ran against Yosemite Sam, you know we're going to have Yosemite again. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. No, Nasty Canasta. <laughs> Nasty Canasta was actually more of a badass than Yosemite Sam was. You, you know how many Republicans right now are probably listening to this, folding their arms like, oh, I don't like this at all. I don't like this one bit. 
I'm not. I'm not sure the rhetoric that Brad and I normally spew was really Republican friendly to begin with. I, I am. I, I am highly I offended by this. I am highly offended by this. By this uh, political comments. As I told Brad, my favorite part of the Cannibal Holocaust video was the, when you guys were all breaking character and literally talking to him behind the oh, camera. Yeah, yeah that's, that was my favorite part too. Was. Um, you know, I'm I'm reading the script before we start uh, before we start uh, shooting, and uh, and and I'm like, wait a minute. So what's this part? And he goes, Oh, you're talking to me. I'm like, no, Really? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I have to ask, who is Nasty Canasta? Just just refresh my memory. Really? Who's Nasty Canasta? Yes, I think that's a perfectly fair question. Actually, I don't even know who you're talking about either. Remember when, like, uh, Daffy Duck became the sheriff of the town, and he he was trying oh, to bring in Nasty Canasta, yeah. the, the huge guy, I, the black hat. I told hat. him I would fix his little red wagon. Yeah, you should have seen it. It was a mess. Yeah, that that's Nasty Canasta. Oh, and, okay. and he he fought Bugs Bunny. Uh, he stole Bugs Bunny's uh, gold claim once. Okay, now he, I know he's, he's fought Daffy three or four times. So yeah, Nasty Canasta and. In the Duck Dodgers TV series, he's an intergalactic bounty hunter as well. All right, now I know who you're talking about. So yeah, Nasty Canasta was much more badass than Yosemite, because he didn't get bested as easily. So okay. Although I have been watching a lot of old Looney Tunes. You know what I was? I was I've been watching a lot of again lately. Kung Fu, the original series, and it's really cool seeing all the famous people. I love Kung Fu. Channel Forty Nine, totally. You should come over and watch Kung Fu. <laughs> I've only watched the first four episodes so far of season one, and already there's been Clue Gulliger, Robert Urich, Peter Jason, Robert Carradine, John Carradine, of course Keith Carradine's in most episodes as Teenage Kane. Um, I know coming up there's Harrison Ford and Jodie Foster, oh, John Saxon was a bounty hunter in one, and I'm going, damn, there's so many cool actors in this show. John Saxon was everywhere in the 70s, it's not that shocking. He looks weird with a big Snidely Whiplash mustache that he had in this, though. He just he doesn't look right as John Saxon with a mustache. Can't be any worse than his mustache in Cave Dwellers. Well, or uh, I can't remember if he had a mustache in Prisoners of the Lost Universe or not. I can't remember if he was clean-shaven in that or not. But he was like the evil emperor in that as well. I recently watched the 1997 version of Twelve Angry Men. Is that the one with uh, Jack Lemmon? Yes, Jack Lemon, Tony Danza, James Gandolfini, George C. Scott, you know, oh, and a host of others. You know what you need to see? The George C. Scott Inherit the Wind. I want to say HBO, maybe Showtime original, mid-90s. Really, really good. Uh, again, Jack Lemon, Bo Bridges, I believe, uh, George C. Scott. It's an amazing adaptation of Inherit the Wind. So if you're in that kind of vein... Try to find that one. I in terms of the original versus the remake, I like the uh, fifty-seven version of Twelve Angry Men better, though. Was that the Orson Welles one, or did he do the one before? I know he did Twelve Angry Men, but I can't remember what version he was in. I'm I'm talking the Henry Fonda one. Okay, that because I, I think Welles did one before that, but I'm that might have been a play rather than a movie. I think it was yeah, it was a teleplay. Okay, I I, I liked Robot Chicken's uh, Twelve Angry Little Men. I don't watch Robot Chicken. I'm not a fan oh. of Seth Green, Seth MacFarlane, any of those idiots. They're not oh. funny. It, it's great because it's like it, it's it's this great like sketch comedy show, but with but with 
claymation mixed in with like oh no I, I've I've seen it I've seen it before I just I don't find it funny because how, how not because see Seth Green seems to have the same style of humor as Seth MacFarlane just take something reference it in a more harsh setting and that makes it funny. You know, it, like like so like a, like Scooby Doo and the gang tracking down a serial killer. Ha 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 ha! Oh wait, there's no actual joke in that. Just Scooby Doo tracking down a serial killer is funny. Or the Thundercats all being you know licking them licking their own privates. There's no humor involved. It's just they it, seem it, to rely on the reference themselves as me, being you know, funny. I will give you that. I, I will give you that. It's, that it's very slapsticky and sometimes can get low brow. But what I do like is like it is like the references like Inspector Gadget becomes uh, the Terminator. That was that was actually really funny. See, I've I've watched Family Guy numerous times. Friends of mine keep trying to get me into it. I've never even smiled once. All my friends are laughing, and I'm just going. And and it's not out of a, like a oh it's really popular because so I want to hate it kind of thing. It's a right. that's not funny. There was well, nothing funny in that to me. Well, here's here's the thing. Did they try to turn you on to current Family Guy? Yes, but I did watch the pilot when it first aired after the Super okay. Bowl, whatever year that was. And the pilot made me go, oh, what the hell? Well, and you see, that's the problem. Current Family Guy isn't funny. I, I'm actually... Oh, excuse me. I'm actually a little embarrassed by what it's what it's turned into because back in 98 um whenever whenever the first season started it was fantastic it was edgy it was clever it was it it, it was uh, intelligent actually i mean it it really was there was a lot of um very intelligent humor on it and now it's turned into everything's either gay retarded or yeah, gay or retarded. And, and yet the ratings keep going up, which means that's oh, what people yeah. want. It's the same thing that happened to The Simpsons. You could see almost the year it happened where The Simpsons started to change their style of humor was when Family Guy started to get popular. Yeah. Was, was They said, we need to emulate Family Guy's style of humor because that's what people want. And The Simpsons stopped being funny. They stopped being relevant in any way as far as I was concerned. The same way at South Park, how like the first three seasons were, in my opinion, hysterical. But now it's just like, come on, guys, seriously, can you just pack it in? In a certain way, I, I love the Venture Brothers. Okay, the Venture Brothers is a truly hilarious show to me. But I was really disappointed when I heard that they got picked up for two more seasons and a movie, because I said, you guys could go out on top. You, there's no way they're going to be able to keep the level of quality they've got right now going. And this last season was clearly the weakest of, of all of them. So I'm starting to go, I really wish you guys would have stopped this while you were still quality and you don't want to turn into, like, Airwolf Season 5. <laughs> you know, because you can't get it through your heads when to quit. That's what I'm afraid of is going to happen, like, I mean, to sure, the Venture Brothers. Too, is that uh, after a while, the studio wants to put their put their hand in everything, and... It's it's honestly what's great is um fan, okay I'm gonna reference Family Guy so All please right. I'll know. I'll be quiet okay so so please bear with me here okay there was an episode a recent episode of Family Guy where he uh, 
Peter wrote a script for a show, and uh, the family read it and thought it was really good. So they uh, so they encouraged him to submit oh, it to the Handy Quacks one. The what? The one where he he writes Handy Handy Quacks. No, no, that that's Peter that did that. Brian's the dog. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I thought you said. Peter. I, I thought you said Peter too. Oh, maybe I might have. I don't know. I, I get mixed up from time to time. As you can see, I get distracted easily. Okay, so it was Brian that did this. Brian Brian wrote a script, and the family liked it, and they uh, uh, encouraged him to turn it into um, turn it into one of the studios. Well, he did, and uh, they decided, oh, well, maybe we should do this as a sitcom instead oh, of a Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. And, and let's bring James Woods into it. And and you know it's it just became a bastardized version of uh, of what it originally was. And James and Woods I, goes to college with his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 sorry. And I think and I think what I'm uh, the point that I'm trying to get at is that like I think for Family Guy and for um, and for Venture Brothers and all that. I think there's uh, they see the popularity that they give, so they wanna they wanna jump on to that. They wanna be a part of that popularity. So they're like, well, let's do this now. Let's let's do this different. And but like with the Venture Brothers, one of the problems I have is they don't seem to know when to let a character move gracefully into the sunset. For instance, Phantom Limb and the Monarch, both characters, their stories were done over a season ago, yet the characters constantly keep appearing and just spinning their wheels to kind of go, hey, look, Phantom Limb and the Monarch are still on the show, even though their plots are totally completed at this point. Yeah, but the Monarch is funny, I think. Oh, totally. I think he was funny. I think the Monarch was funny. This last season, it's it's like they're desperately trying to find a way to work this character back into the main story. As far as I'm concerned, the monarch, Dr. Girlfriend, or Dr. Wife, whatever she would be now, and that is totally done. And Phantom Limb, when David Bowie destroyed him, that should have been the end of Phantom Limb. He should have never popped up again. His story was done. Full story arc. Yet they don't seem to realize, try bringing in the new characters, like, uh, what was the big gorilla? Was he King Gorilla, the one that raped Vince Neil and tore him in half? You. <laughs> and, 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 by, and by the way, that's not the order he did it. Whoops. Yeah. Um, oh, he, so he tore him in half and then raped him. Yes. Yeah, awesome. That's, um, how, that's how badass of a gorilla he is. Well, and that's I mean, awesome. because to me, the Venture Brothers is brilliant in the fact that they get all these really weird references in, like the uh, the neo-Nazi prisoner was made out of static and his name was White Noise. <laughs> I thought that was just brilliant. And... Sure. It just, they seem to keep wanting to bring Phantom Limb and the Monarch back. And I'm sorry, but Sergeant Hatred is not a replacement for Brock. No, I didn't, I didn't mind Sergeant not. Hatred at first, but all the stuff about Taiwanese ladyboys has gotten so old at this point. Yeah. You know, okay, we get it. He's a pedophile. You've already beaten the joke into the ground, and now they seem to be digging a deeper hole for them to keep putting the jokes into. It just seems like the brilliance has sort of been leached out by the fact that they're trying to pull this out over a multi-year arc when I don't think it needs to be at this point. That's my complaint about Venture Brothers. The way I see, going back to Family Guy, the way I see the new episodes right now, to me, they're either really, really funny 
or really, really bad. It's never an in-between. Well, see, yeah. to me, that The Simpsons, they haven't hit a really, really funny in at least a good decade. It, or I should say at least in the 2000s, even. Ooh, um, no, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one, Josh. Uh, what episode did I see, and I just about peed my pants laughing? Um, well, cause see, my son and I watch it every week, kind of in the. Can this actually be worse than last week's episode? And then we watch it and go, "Yep, yes, it was." Um, hold on. Oh, like like, like to me, the the one where. Uh, Bart and those other three kids have that uh, sword from the hero sandwich burned onto their hand. That was probably one of the worst episodes I've ever seen of that show. And the constant pissing on their own continuity. I mean, yes, I know part of the joke is that they don't have big continuity, but the fact that now Marge and Homer went to college and Homer was a rock star at some point in college, that seems to have been forgotten, and the fact that Bart and Lisa used to be from the 80s and Homer and Marge were were in high school in the 70s, now they're in high school in the 90s, and you start, what are you people doing? Well, first, if I remember correctly, first Homer and Marge met in high school. In the 70s. Then they met when they were little kids. And then they met at camp, and it's just kind of like, I understand that part of the joke is you don't have an established continuity, but to reuse some of that continuity over and over again, like... They went so often in the early episodes to Marge and Homer in high school in the 70s. Then to all of a sudden go, oh, because time has gone by in the real world, but the characters haven't aged, now we have to make it the 90s or the late 80s. That, to me, is just showing contempt for your audience. Right. That that I will agree. Uh, whenever I saw that uh, episode where it, it's going to show Homer and Marge in the 90s, it's like, oh, come on, give me a break. I know what Homer and Marge in the 90s was like. Because I was there, I watched them. What I was going to say before, I really think that the Simpsons movie should have been the last, the big blowout goodbye to the fans, and they should have ended it with that. Well, and then yeah, also, I could kind of agree. Also, they made that weird thing during the Olympics where, okay, the Simpsons movie obviously couldn't take place in any kind of continuity in the show because of you know Springfield being destroyed and you know the toxic levels and all that, blah blah blah. And then they bring back the Eskimo woman that saved Homer in the Olympics episode, in the curling one, and they specifically reference the Simpsons movie as part of continuity. And you go, no, not even for a comedy show that doesn't work. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't. No, that didn't happen. Oh, wait, except for the fact that it did. Wait, 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 wait. Come to think of it. I think the uh, episode that I'm thinking about where where I laughed so hard, I think was this episode where Burns lost his memory and they were all like, they, they all wanted revenge, so they, they decided that like since he lost They all got a half hour with him. Yeah, that one. See, I didn't, uh, I didn't like that. I just, I, I have not liked the newer stuff, which what is... What specifically happened that made me laugh? I can't remember. Dang it. That's going to drive me nuts now. <laughs> you're going to have to go try to find it on Hulu now, aren't you? Or no, yeah, wait. probably. Yeah, you're going to have to go find Hulu and, and see what happened. But it's just, the, the Simpsons, something happened to their writing where you look at the early episodes and the writing style was much more fluid. It wasn't this, we have to put a joke in every 10 seconds or we're going to lose the audience kind of thing. Nowadays, right, right. there's non-stop gags. The other, well, the older episodes, it would build to a gag. You might go a whole minute 
without a joke where the story is being moved along. Now the story only gets moved along through a series of jokes. The focus seemed to have been lost as far as I could tell. And that really bothered me. So, I don't the know. Simpsons, they really have to just wrap it up soon. I think the legacy is going to be tainted. I believe they've been guaranteed like another six years. I think they just signed a contract for another six uh, seasons or something. Uh, it's not going away anytime soon. Well, you you know when the final episode comes, it's it's going to be one huge musical episode. I hope. Well, okay, I will admit, every now and then, the current ones do get a good reference in. I like the one where Bart was seeing a shrink, and he said, I, I had this dream I was a cartoon character, and my success led to a propaganda network called Fox News. <laughs> I thought, okay, that was actually a really nice dig. That was really well well played there. But those are so few and far between now that it's almost not worth it because the episodes just get worse and worse and worse to me. That's kind of that's kind of like how going back to South Park, how I think the later seasons they became too political, too too much relying on current events and what's in the news rather than the wacky kind of humor. That was the first two or three seasons. Well, I mean, okay, we only got five minutes left, but it, it sort of brings up, like, the episode that was just on today in syndication in, my, in the Green Bay area was the one that opened with the All in the Family parody opening where Homer and Marge are at the piano. And I started thinking, okay, my son grew up in a house where we watched All in the Family in reruns, but how many kids today that are 17 or so are going to even know what they are joking about at this point? They're going to think they're talking about Family Guy. Probably, because Family Guy is also a parody of that, but The Simpsons did it years earlier. So you, you kind of... A, a perfect example is the movie Soylent Green. I'm sure you guys, you both know the plot twist in that. Yeah, Soylent Green is people. Did, did you hear they come up with Soylent Soda? Oh, how does it taste? Ah, it varies from person to person. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I stole that from Futurama. i got to credit that one. But... Nah. But it's like the Soylent Green thing. There was a joke in The Simpsons in a relatively recent episode about Soylent Green, and my son's friends were like, I don't get, I don't get this. And it's like all the cultural references, these people, these kids today aren't getting it. I hate to keep harping on these kids today sounding like a crotchety old man, but they're, all these cultural references are lost. I made a joke back when I was employed at the, t at the TV station, there was a, a guy um, named Doyle, and for, for, for whatever reason, there was a, a French person that was also in whatever... Oh, in, Doyle. Yeah, in whatever crime. I, I'm like, oh my God, it's the French connection. And everyone just looks at me, and you can almost hear the crickets as nobody got the joke I was making about yeah. the French connection and Popeye Doyle. It's like, I realize all you guys are in your early 20s, but none of you have seen The French Connection? Seriously? Oh, guys, Gene Hackman won the Oscar for crying out loud. Yeah. It's one of the best action movies of the 70s, and there were a lot of good action movies in the 70s. But the it's scene just... where the guy runs up the steps and Gene Hackman shoots him, my dad was actually there watching the stuntman fall down the steps. True story. True story. Wow, just had to name drop a little there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like to toot my own horn, but, you know. Well, sometimes if the wife... W Never mind. Ooh. Sorry. But it, it just, to me, the kids of today don't get the references that a lot of these shows... Because that's something that I will give The Simpsons credit for. They do constantly try and reference 
pop culture from the 70s and 80s. And I think, unfortunately, those are the jokes that fall the flattest with the modern audience. Yeah. Well, it's generation gaps. That, I mean, that's all it is. I mean, you know, kids nowadays are too young to, um, to have seen All in the Family or, or to have seen Sanford and Son. You know, they're, they're not going to get those references very well. Well, right. The, the, like speaking, there, speaking of All in the Family, there was just an episode on TV Land the other day where Edith apparently is a big fan of Kung Fu, like I brought up earlier. Edith's a big fan of Kung Fu, and they, they had some like wandering bum or something. I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but the guy was wandering through, and she goes, like David Carradine in Kung Fu. I think that reference would totally be lost on a modern audience. They'd be like, Kung Fu, What? I thought David Carradine hung himself in an autoerotic expatiation. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Easy for you to say there, foils. David Carradine, he was in, a, he was in Kill Bill, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, that was the guy in Kill Bill. <laughs> Did, didn't, didn't David Carradine have a stranglehold on that role? Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to go there. You, know, it, just made, you just made me sad. Well, <laughs> okay, speaking of making sad, my... My wife was cleaning out my grandmother's house, and she found an old newspaper from 1989 at the back of a closet. And I look at it, and the very front ad is for pet adoption. It's got all these dog pictures, and I go, oh, cute doggies. And then I realized, this is from 89. All these dogs are dead. Oh, I made myself sad. It's like, all these dogs are dead. I made myself sad now. Let me look at this paper here. Oh, the Berlin Wall came down, apparently. (laughs) News to me, apparently. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, we got to wrap this up. 1201beyond at gmail.com, 1201beyond.blogspot.com, mentalcast. Are you guys.com or what? I believe so. Hang on, let me verify. Just Google the mentalcast and look for the video game, or sorry, the game report right now just on Facebook, Jared? Well, it, it's actually on Blip TV uh, and um, look for foilwrapproductions.com. All one word, no hyphen, no nothing. It's on the site right now, but it will soon have content on it. Awesome. Yes, men- mentalcast.com. Mentalcast.com, okay. All right, I'm saying good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.